It's Paul's Picks with Paul Carrier. I'm David Schellenberg. Hello, Paul. Hello, Dave. What's on your mind and on your dining room table? Oh, lots of stuff that I bet you everyone out there listening wishes they were here. <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's just go quickly over just what we're having. So what we're going to do today, David, is yep. we're going to take a look at um, one of the, if not the, arguably, most popular red grape varietal out there. Which is? Cabernet Sauvignon. And it's funny because I know so many people who don't know anything about red wine, but if I say, what do you like? They go, oh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah. Yeah. And and we're going to get into how much is planted, uh, the biggest areas, all that kind of fun stuff. But, but to make it even funner, at least for us, and you guys can't do get in on this, <laughs> is we're going to be pairing it with some, uh, some delicious foods. We've got uh, Penny. Rigate with a homemade bolognese sauce. Nice. And a little, just a little bit of Parmesan cheese on, not too much. Uh, I've got a, a real problem with people that put too much cheese over pasta, and it, I don't like that. So yeah. I, just, I just lightly dust it. And then you cannot, in my opinion, have a Cabernet Sauvignon without a nice steak. So we've got a rib uh, cap off steak that, you know what? Very, very simple here. Pan fried. Yeah. Which everyone goes, uh, yes, barbecue uh-huh. has its merit. It I, does. But I'm in a condo here, folks. So <laughs> 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 as much as I'd love to have the hibachi going full blast, that's just not going to happen. No. Uh, so this is just a steak done with a, a little margarine. Yeah. Uh, salt and pepper, light. Yeah. And... I find the seasoning of Montreal steak spice on certain steaks, like this one, for example, which isn't the highest cut. Yeah, it's a good cut, but not the highest cut. I find it it, it brings better flavor right. into it. Now, I like to do it medium rare, more to the rare side. And while it's sitting here, which yeah. it's doing right now, you're going to notice there's a lot of juices. There is forming on this steak. So once we finally get to eat this it should be real good <laughs> so we're gonna sit and stare at it yeah um and and do some tasting before we do the yeah. pairing yeah let's do that first we'll we'll dive right in what i i, I like to do is i'm diving in while you're talking because <laughs> this is all staring at me it's just too much yeah. <laughs> um so I bet Dave, by the way, is the guy that went downstairs on Christmas Eve and opened oh. the presents under the tree, just so everyone knows. <laughs> Why are you picking on me? <laughs> so what I'd like to do, because we're, we're only going to focus on two styles of cab right now. Okay. Later on in later episodes, we're going to do some neat things like different cabs from different years, same house. Right. Different things like that. But today we're going to just start. Let's get our feet wet. So we're going to do... Um, a Cabernet from Old World, okay? And those of you who are not familiar with it, so those are pretty much the European countries, the older European growing areas. Let's keep it simple. Just leave it at that for now. Sure. And we're going to do something from the New World. So when I say New World, that's some groups of, of wineries that are younger. Not to say that they're they're better or worse. They're not. But they've got their own take on doing things. Isn't it old world Europe and new world is like anything that's not in Europe? Mm, 
You know what? For right now, yes. <laughs> you know what? Okay. Yeah. Let, with it, so we don't have to dissect it too, sure. too much. That'll be another yeah, episode. That'll be yeah. a whole other thing. But yeah. yeah, let's keep it at that for now. That That's a good way to go about it. So our, our first wine that we're going to try, it's the Coronas Reserva Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, and this is from Miguel Torres. Some of you might be familiar with a lot of his stuff. Um that's more from Chile. You get a lot of Chilean wines from Torres. I'm yep. sure a lot of people are familiar with. Uh, but this is actually from his vineyards in in Spain. Now, this this one that we're having is a 2015, so it's got five years on it yeah. already. And Reserva means that it's been barrel aged for minimum three year. So you're going to have some real complexity to this. So let's let's just dive in and try it. So on the nose, first of all, stick your nose deep in your glass. And what do you get? So I'm getting sort of a, a minty eucalyptus. Uh, <laughs> minty? You, minty? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of blackberry. There's, yeah, there's, that's what I get. Yeah, yeah, not a whole lot of, you know, vanilla, oak tones, no. nothing like that. Yeah, I don't get the minty, but I get the blackberry, um, cherry. Red licorice. Yes. Hey. Yeah, that's Red what licorice, it is. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I was trying to think like, like a sweet cherry, and yeah. yes, that would be a, yeah. a red licorice. Yeah. Twizzlers, everyone. Yep. See this these. is what tw- yeah, Twizzlers <laughs> have been trying to copy something that's <laughs> five hundred years old. You see, they start off young as a kid, and look what it evolves to, right? <laughs> <laughs> So beautiful so, on the nose. Really uh, and I got to say, because we've talked about legs in a previous episode, uh, yeah. beautiful legs on this one. Hello. Yeah. So the legs are basically an indication of higher alcohol. And this one is is up there. Um, but yeah, nice complexity on the nose. I'm also picking up a little blueberry as it as the wine settles. It's been in the glass maybe about, I don't know, 15 minutes, half an hour now, I guess. Now on the palate. Yeah. This is a very warm wine. Like I, I take a sip of it and already my mouth feels warm. My throat feels warm. My tongue feels warm. It's, it's beautiful. So again, the warmth that you're going to get out of there a lot of times is, uh, is due to alcohol content. <clears throat> and again, this one is up there. Uh, 14%. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so 14%. <laughs> tarps off, boys. Yeah, tarps <laughs> off, boys. We're going to have a Donnybrook after this one here. <laughs> For our Canadian friends. Um, so, um, now, on the palate, Dave mentioned, and, and great observation, when you get that warmth on the palate, uh, indication automatically, again, higher alcohol. Okay. So you're going to have, with higher alcohol, sometimes the sugar content's a little higher. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of people out there right now that are really looking at numbers and stuff like this. Um, you know what? When you give yourself a treat and you're only having this once in a while, yeah. it's not going to kill you. Right. you know? Studies show it actually preserves you. Uh, <laughs> now At least the- <laughs> puts you in a better frame of mind. Oh, like, yeah. Mental health is a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> if this makes you happy. You get through a bottle of this and basically nothing else matters. Nope. So... Um, so the warmth is there for sure. And you're right. Not only on the palate, but persists all the way yeah. down, all the way down. It's just, it's just warm and, and just cumbersome and just beautiful on the palate. I'm getting what I got on the nose, right. a lot of blackberry fruit there, like black currant. Um, I got the licorice was still there. I found, I picked up a little bit more of sort of cedary, maybe even a little light oak 
hints to it. Uh, black licorice as well. Not just the red, but I got black licorice on this. Or if you've ever had this before, and if you haven't, I really recommend you try to find it out. Uh, black English toffee. Fantastic. Ah, okay. Fantastic. Hard to find. Beautiful. And, and this has some of that in it. Uh, the finish is very smooth. Mm-hmm. Now, I would expect that out of this wine because, again, um, you're talking something that's already aged for at least three years in barrel. It's coming at us now. It's a 2015. It's had time to settle. But there's still tannin in this wine, which is telling me I'd put that in my cellar another maybe five, seven years. Really? Yeah, no problem. No All problem. Right. I wouldn't even think twice about it, actually. Yeah. Um, and it, it it has very subtle minerality to it, too. There, you mentioned at the beginning when we were first nosing it and stuff, uh, you got an acidic or a vinegary yeah. kind of Yeah, and I still feel a little puckery yeah. on my lips, too. So Cabernet Sauvignon, if we look at the grape itself before we try the, uh, and we'll go more into the cab on the, after we taste the, uh, the Australian one, uh, is known to have great acidity. Okay. Very good acidity. Cooler the climate, higher the acidity. Right. Okay. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go into uh, the long meal. Uh, this is the blacksmith Cabernet Sauvignon. Hold on, I, I did have a question for sure. you yeah, 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 uh, yeah. before we before we put uh, this one aside. And put a quarter in the toll. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The <laughs> um, higher alcohol. Yeah. I think uh, there is a perception that um, mainly we get it from the movies yeah. that when it's it's higher in alcohol, it's sort of this deep burning, head shaking kind of feeling. But I often find when it's higher alcohol, it's all, almost smoother. So to yeah, well, okay. Here's how I'm going to answer that question. A well-made wine like this one can be higher in alcohol and not give you that blowing perception, I'm only drinking alcohol. Yeah. And I've tasted a lot of less expensive high alcohol wines where it almost tastes like ethanol. Sure. It's, just, it's just, there's no complexity. There's nothing. When a winemaker takes the time to do what they've done here. Yeah. They can get away, no problem, with getting a high alcohol, but they're going to make it like a layer cake. Here's you know, something of a black forest cake. Sure. Bang, 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 bang. Every yep. layer has to have certain proportions. That's what this wine has. Right. Um, and this, I mean, this is not a cheap wine, but it's not crazy. It's under 20. Yeah. I think 20, 20, 95, I yeah, believe. Yeah, here or in something. Canada. So, uh, yeah. you know, globally, I mean, this is not a, an expensive wine at all. This is something in a, in a restaurant that people would probably pay between 45 and $55 ish a bottle, which is tends to be about the target price for most people going out that are going to buy a bottle of wine. Uh, This should be on a list, a good list. And I would highly recommend go to this. You will not be disappointed. Beauty. All right. Wine number two. So long meal, uh, the blacksmith Cabernet Sauvignon. So, we're going to get in a little bit more about Australia and, and, and all that stuff in a bit. But this one here is from a Barossa region that boasts some vines are up to 100 years old. So it's not as if they've just been doing this, but they're still qualified as, as new as new <laughs> world. And the reason... You're only 100 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hundreds, the new 20, I yeah. suppose. Um, the reason for it is that a lot of the vines that were grown back then 
were not tended to properly. Okay. Uh, uh, most of the grapes that were grown were used to make port. Sticky wines, they called them. Sticky wines. Sticky wines. wines. Now, you want to talk high alcohol? Yeah, ports. Oh, this stuff, yeah. That had to grow a second foot or a third <laughs> foot, I should say. High <laughs> alcohol, long hangovers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the long meal from Barossa. Barossa, one of the best areas uh, to, for Cabernet Sauvignon Shiraz. Kunawar uh, is another great area. Yeah. Um, so let's just dive in and, and see what we get out of this one that might be different from the Grand Coronas. So on the nose, I mean, me just sort of sticking my nose in it, I get kind of a brown sugar mm-hmm. on the nose with this one, where where the other one ha- had a, a fruitness to it. This one has more of just a straight sugar. Mm. It's very jammy. Um, on yeah. yeah. It's very, very jammy. Like if we said the last one was high in sugar, I get the feeling this one's even more sugar. <laughs> yeah, I, this is... Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find the alcohol content, but I'm guessing, oh, there there is 14.5. Woo! So. Can I get a 15 in that? (laughs) Do I hear 15? So we've gone from what, 14 to 15.5? 14.5. Now, traditionally in, well, let's, okay, jumping ahead here. Let's go back to the nose. So jammy. Big time jammy, big big time jammy. Um, I, I'm getting a lot of preserves, like yeah. fruit, fruit preserves. You know, the, your grandma's covered there, and you're taking it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the jam that grandma yeah. made six months ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of you know, or when it's cooking on the stove. Yeah, you know, when yeah. you walk in the kitchen, you go, mmm. You know what is that? Um, but at the same time. Um, on the nose, I'm getting, a, again, a little bit of that sort of red currant, uh, black pepper, just a hint, a little bit of minerality to it. Um, warm again. Yes. Same thing as, as the first one. Well, so that's what I was going to challenge you on. It's like the only similarity between these two bottles is the warmth, but otherwise I'm finding the taste very different. As they should be. And yet it's the same grape. Same grape variety. That's why you're going to have to stay tuned and find out why. (laughs) (laughs) I I would not have thought this was the same grape if this was a blind taste testing. This is why, and I have never really said this in public before, but this is one of the reasons why I'm kind of against blind tastings. Yeah. Um, There's way too many variables. Sure. There's just, it's, 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 Almost Im- damn near impossible is what I want to say yeah. for most people. Even someone, uh, I don't profess myself to be the top owner lodge person in the world, but I've tasted thousands of wines, and yeah. on any given day, you could you could have stumped me with this easily. What word did you say? Onologist. Onologist. Yeah. Onolage. I don't think I've ever heard the word onolage before. Yeah. Onologist. Onologist. Oh, I could go sommelier if people are. <laughs> yeah. More I mean, that's that's the word you typically hear. I've yeah. never heard onologist. Yeah. When you, that's the, the study of wines. Okay. You know, and um, there's, anyway, that's a whole, you know, yeah, what? that's, that's, that's going to be a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tune in next year to that one. That'll be 2023. <laughs> Excuse me. So, um, and we're going to talk about why there's such a remarkable okay. difference with it, with this. Here I'm getting, for me anyway, not so yeah. much oak on the nose, but oak on the palate. I'm picking up more vanilla on this one. I am anyway, and sort of a vanilla 
this vanilla sort of ice cream thing going on on the finish. Yeah. Not so much on the taste when I'm in the pub, but when I finished it and I'm retasting it here while I'm talking to you and I'm like, oh, there's something, there's something there. Is it caramel corn? Mm, maybe. No, it's no, no, no. A little bit more sort of that vanilla bean, coffee, espresso kind of thing going on. But that jammy warm fruit, like preserved, I can't get that out of my head. Like but, that, that's all I'm tasting here. But very late, like my my initial sip, I almost get like a celery green pepper mm. something in this mm. one that I did not get in the first one. Remember that. Okay. Remember that. I'll write it down. That is... Ah, no, that's perfect. <laughs> that that could not be a better segue to what we're going into because okay. um, those notes, yeah, asparagus, celery, asparagus, red bell pepper, mm. are all synonyms used to describe red wine from areas that have cooler pockets and cooler growing seasons. Okay, now you think Australia think. Wait a minute. Hold the fort here. Bar- Barossa Valley in Australia, cool. Ah, it depends where they're growing the grapes. For sure. Depends the proximity to the water. Right. There's a lot of variables there. And that's one of the most common descriptors used is mint, eucalyptus, bell pepper, or celery. Okay. Green, green vegetable. Yeah, yeah. Because I... It- and you're 100% right that that, that that taste doesn't last. No. But in the initial sip, there's there's something very vegetable to this that is not jammy red fruit, chocolate, all that sort of stuff that we use to describe red wines. And if we say you and I had never tasted wines before and we're just we're pretending pretending right <laughs> it's some alternate universe yeah and some some parallel universe somewhere um and all we had in front of us was our laptops and we're looking at okay definition of cabernet sauvignon aromas yeah those those descriptors oh. would be one of the first ones that would pop up right so there are Four different food groups in front of us, although I think they're all part of the same food group. But mm. for the, for, <laughs> but for wine tasting, let's call them different food groups. Uh, so the, you told us already it's a, a pasta with a bolognese sauce. Yep. And what does it do to the wine? So what it did to the, well, for me, what it did to the wine yeah, was... Yeah, you. I'm still eating. <laughs> it, uh, the pasta, of course, is, is a, it's a very rich bolognese sauce. Yeah. Um, but simple. I like to do them simple. So it's basically a tomato basil with green pepper. That's it. A little bit of, uh, I put add a little bit of carrot, a little bit of celery, and a little bit of onion, very small amounts. Mm-hmm. The predominant flavors are just the green pepper and the basil and, of course, the tomatoes. Now, haven't you said over the years that tomato is tough with on wine? Uh, acidity. Yeah. Acidity, right? So here's going back to Cabernet Sauvignon is a grape variety that's known to have excellent acidity so what it did for me what it did when i tried the the pasta the bolognese with um the uh, the grand coronas yep. from spain was it brought out a lot more sour characteristics to the wine yes i'm not sure it's good <laughs> <laughs> so it, it 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 made me uh think of having a chianti uh. so a chianti's 
much higher in acidity. Chianti is what you tend to think with tomatoes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's it. But but you can have a cab. The only thing when you do it with a, a pass in Bolognese is you're going to get that sort of, again, the pasta and the tomato sauce are going to bring out the sour cherry fruits in yeah. the Cabernet Sauvignon. So you'll, and, and I don't know if you notice this, but another thing, you lose that warmth. Yes, it's, it's gone. gone. Yeah, it it, it it neutralized itself. The acid neutralized the alcohol. Right, right, which is in itself is a is an ex, a very interesting experiment. Now, when we had it with the steak, unfortunately, I didn't get the cut, the cut of steak I wanted, but the seasoning's on point. So, with the Grand Coronas and the steak, I found there interesting again. Um, the saltiness in the steak brought out again some of the sour notes in the wine, mm-hmm. but I found it had more fruit. The wine kept like the the fruit maintained in the wine, unlike when we did it with the pasta. Mm-hmm. And then finally, of course, we. No, no, oh, you want to talk? Okay, well, go still ahead. the yeah. steak. So yeah, I'm amazed how I I honestly felt with the pasta and the bolognese. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I like the wine, which okay. is weird because I love the wine mere moments ago. Yeah. But have a little bit of the the tomato with it. And because we've discussed this in other places, it's weird how it can wreck the wine. Now I have this steak with this steak spice on it and have the wine again. Same wine. Yeah. Moments later. And I like this wine again. Yeah. It, it changed it completely. Yeah. Right? right. So and then see in there again, there there's the beauty and I'm I get, I'm going to say this. I'm going to need more wine while you're talking. <laughs> I'm going to pour. I, I'm going to say this again. You don't necessarily have to go out and spend a fortune. While we spent under twenty dollars for this wine, and I find that this wine has changed. And for someone that's trying to break into wine, someone that's trying to yeah. experiment with wines. Pay a little bit more, like get it in around that $20 price range because the effect of the wine, the fact that it's been aged, uh, it's had oak treatment to it, it's been through malolactic fermentation, it's got it's from older vines, etc. 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 is gonna have an impact when you're tasting food. There's mm-hmm. and we're proving the point is what we're doing right now, yeah. Well, and part of that, I also think, is when you talk to somebody who says, Well, I don't really like wine, yeah, so you. It may not be you. It may just be the fact that the way you have ever had wine and the food that you had at that exact moment was a... Didn't work. It was a bust. Yes. And that's that's just the way that's, that pairings will work. So you're going to... And here... Okay, here's another variable. And th- these are things that you, people listening out there have to keep in mind. You, everyone's palate is different. I can't not emphasize that enough what dave tastes and what i taste i can suggest to him it should taste like this (laughs) and that's why i love tasting wine with this guy because he'll just look at me and say no it's not (laughs) (laughs) and i love that because i i taught classes where it's almost like the the amazing Kreskin or Chris Angel, where you can mind trap people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah. you're right. That's exactly what." Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I do yeah. get blueberries. Yeah. So like, yeah, no, you don't. Yeah, you, know. you didn't get blueberries. You read the back of the bottle. Come on. Yeah, either you got it, or you didn't. But the the point is, is and we have fun with it. And the point is, you can't get frustrated, and you can't. Not everything is going to work. 
And it's not going to work for everybody. All you can do is make the best pairings you think are going to work. And when you're a group of people, especially, and this is where I always try to look at the positive things, the bigger the group, the more interaction you get. Uh, yes. And the more things get thrown out. I remember uh, telling uh, one of my classes, and I used to love teaching, like I to taught all the onology classes at the local college, right? right? And my favorite one after years, I finally said, you know what? I just want to taste the intro uh, or taste. <laughs> I, <laughs> I did a lot of tasting. I'm not going to lie. Um, I love the introduction class because it's like a, a fresh piece of clay or, or, or a stone that you're about to carve. And I used to convince people and it takes some time because I mean, just imagine you sit there with a group of people that are more mature in a lot of cases, obviously, and you're telling a doctor possibly or a lawyer now who's completely, and I'm just using that as an example, out of their milieu. Mm -hmm. uh, now, tell me what you think is in this wine. And you put that spotlight on someone that doesn't know and it's like asking a kid in first grade mm -hmm. and the panic button gets hit. Wow. So I took that away. I said, no, no, you know what you do? Say this, the first thing that comes in your mind and then write it down. Mm -hmm. And people have come up with stuff like, you know what that smells like? Oh, when my husband's out, he's out doing the snowblower he comes out with his wet snowmobile boots and leaves them right on top of the heater yes Alrighty. well let's write that down and we're gonna get to the bottom of that yes <laughs> well and and so going back with the amount of times you and i have done stuff together like one of my favorite descriptions you ever had was a taxi cab on a hot day yeah i mean it can happen <laughs> yes yes it happens and it and it does i mean i and i i remember learning that from one of my professors way back and this guy was just a whiz when it came to that about making people feel comfortable. Yeah. Where you don't, no, no answer is stupid and no answer is incorrect because it's subjective. 100%. It's subjective. Like, I mean, some people, uh, this is a proven fact, by the way, women's sense of smell mm -hmm. and taste just by genetics is much more heightened than men. Hmm. Okay. And yet, only until recently, and I'm talking the last 20 years, women became top sommelier. Oh. Number one in the world. Right. Number one in restaurant pairings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because finally, it's like, yeah, you know what? Instead of pulling back from it, listen to it. Sure. What can you learn? Yep. And you learn from everybody, from the novice to the expert and everybody in between. Yes. And it's funny because in many ways, when you think about some of the phenomenal booze makers I've met oh, in the world, yeah. uh, the only thing they want to do is sell you another bottle. Mm. And they 100% know however you like it is the correct way. Whatever you taste is correct. There is no wrong answer. I remember, and we'll do this quick because I really want to try the next wine. It's the internet. Where, it's, yeah. Yeah. We might run out of internet space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, that's right. There's only so much room. Um, I remember, I think the best lesson I ever got, and I'm, I'm thankful I got it early on, when I started meeting winemakers, like you were yeah. saying, or, or booze producers, or, or the people that are actually the ones making what you're drinking. Yep. Intimidated? Oh, shit. There was... 
I, I didn't say a word. I kept my mouth shut. I'm praying. I felt like a little kid in school. Yeah. I please don't ask me a question. Please don't ask me a question. And I met this this the owner of a vineyard. And when I got a chance by just by complete luck to sit down alone with this guy, and I was sitting at a bar by myself having a beer, and he just happened to wander up next to me, sit down. What are you having? So I'm assuming he's going to order a <laughs> bottle of wine, and here I am having a Labatt. Yeah. Labatt Blue. Oh. What are you drinking? Oh, I'm just having a blue. Yeah, I'll, whatever he's having, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. We talked about everything but wine. Yep. Everything. And then, but then, when I talked to him about it, what his passion, oh, hold on now. Now we're going into a hole. And he said to me, he goes, you know what you do? You don't get intimidated by it. No. You try, you watch, you learn, and you have fun with it. That's how you remember. Yes. There you go. You hope you remember. Well, some days you don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, now wait. Before we move to one or yeah. two, we've got two different cheeses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and each of these cheeses mm-hmm. changed this wine yet again. It, it's, it's phenomenal to think we have one bottle of wine and four different foods, and each one of these foods changes this wine. Mm-hmm. So what's the next thing? So we, we're going to try the Parmigiano Reggiano, which is um, very famous uh, cheese. Salty. Holy very salty smokes. From Italy. Um, can be a wine killer. Yeah. Um, traditionally... Paired with uh, the wines from the region, which are very high in acidity, Chianti, Brunello, Barolo, etc. Um, I found that with the Grand Coronas, the, the, the Spanish wine, Cabernet Sauvignon, um, again, it brought out a lot of the sour fruit notes to it. Completely dissolved the heat. The heat is gone. Like there's just, there, the heat is, it neutralized <laughs> that warm belly feel. Yeah. Uh, sitting by the fireplace feeling, it's gone. See, and I just thought, cause I had a, a bite of the Parmesan, a sip of the wine is a wine killer. Now, when I taste that wine, I get nothing. From the wine. From the wine. From the wine. Yeah, I get super salty cheese and nothing from the wine. So again, with this, this pairing... I think what the wine's job is in this case is uh, bring out some acidity in the wine, mm-hmm. palate cleanse a little bit, and the cheese, and I agree with you 100%, is at the forefront. Yes. At the um, forefront. But I think that's part of the, the, the point in all of this. Sometimes when we talk about pairings and stuff, it's like people will have a cheese and a wine and they say they don't like it. And it's like, well, yes, because the cheese you had was so ridiculously salty mm-hmm. that it's delicious cheese, mm-hmm. but it was too much for the wine. Mm-hmm. And the, the poor bottle of wine that was made in 2015 just can't handle them. And it's going to happen. Yep. Now, Yep. if I was to say to you, David, uh-huh. I have... You might as well, because we're sitting here. I've got, I've got a bottle, David, of... The 2019 Grand Coronas, which is brand new, mm-hmm. full of tannin, young, mm-hmm. aggressive as hell. A go-getter. And I'll put that against this cheese. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, and again, stay tuned because we're going to be doing that at some point. What's You'll see the wine's going to go toe-to-toe and, and hold its own. Well, and we have an old cheddar here. Oh, I like this one. Right. So as I move from the Parmesan to the cheddar and then have a sip of the wine, 
Now, instead of getting nothing on the wine, the wine's beautiful Mm -hmm. yet again. And literally, I did nothing but take a bite of a piece of Mm -hmm. cheddar Mm -hmm. and then have a sip of the wine. And all of a sudden, the 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 Grand Turonis is back in a big way. So this is a an old uh, Canadian cheddar. We do phenomenally well here in Ontario. We're good at something. We're no- <laughs> and rebuilding sports teams. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I think what happened here is uh, something quite interesting. Is that the wine to me? became much milkier on the palate. Yes. So it wasn't, I'm not going to say jammy because jammy is not the right word. It's not, it didn't turn the wine into something fruity. It didn't turn the wine into something uh, gushing full of berry. It, it brought out some of the subtler nuances of the wine, but it almost made it taste for me almost like milk chocolatey. Going down, it just, it was so smooth and creamy. And I just thought of milk chocolate for some reason. I just thought, boy, oh boy, like it just gave me that just nice little warm feeling. And stewed berry, dark fruit, but nothing gushy. I think the pairing was better with the cheddar than it was with the Parmesan. 100%. Which is bizarre because yeah. it's like it's just it's cheese. It's not like it's overly complicated. Uh, I don't get the creaminess. I, uh, if anything, it's back okay. to it's back to that celery kind of taste mm-hmm. that I get with the old cheddar, and I find that kind of interesting because there's no celery in this wine that we know of. <laughs> <laughs> now I did something funny while you were t- we were talking about that. I took a piece of the Parmigiano. Yeah. Had a sip of the wine. Completely cleansed my palate. It does. It's like I haven't, I didn't have anything else to eat or drink so far. So that was really experiment. That was really good. Now back to the second one we tasted and time to have that one with some food. All right. So again, uh, the second one is the Long Male Barossa Blacksmith Cabernet Sauvignon from Australia. Very Ooh, good. Yes. I got through that whole thing. Nice um, okay. Again, when we tried it, just as a quick recap, big jammy, lots of fruit, warm, luscious. But celery. Uh, there was celery, vegetal notes. Yes, vegetal, vegetal which is notes. A, a word I still don't think exists, but nevertheless. <laughs> Damn you, Schellenberg, you will <laughs> learn. <laughs> um, so, okay, so we tried it now with, uh, let's try it with, the, we tried it with the pasta with the boulognese sauce. Now, uh, Okay, so, and, and as we discussed earlier, tomato, because of the acidity, is complicated with mm-hmm. wine. Now, I found... The match was better. Mm. The match was much better for me. Um, it didn't take away as much fruit from the wine. Right. The wine stayed a bit more fruitier. Um, definitely brought out the acidity in the wine, though. Yeah. The I wine don't like, became see, more See, I don't tart. like this. Once again, and just like the first one, yeah. the... The bolognese sauce is delicious. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It's not about the bolognese sauce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it, it brings out a sourness to the wine, mm-hmm. which it just doesn't work and, for and me. Yeah, yeah. No, and again, uh, cab being, as we mentioned, something that's higher in acidity, that's naturally what's going to happen. Uh, but when we tried it with the steak. 
Ah, okay, oh. yes. No, but uh, mm. before we move to the steak, so yeah. uh, for you, mm-hmm. the bolognese, t- the tomato with this Cabernet Sauvignon worked. I, I mean, it wasn't a, a perfect pairing, but yeah. I would have... I would definitely would have drank this wine with just the pasta. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, See, I would have drank the wine and then ate the pasta. It's, it's, it's two separate things. I find I can appreciate the the acidity and how it changed the wine. Right. Uh, maybe not for the better for everybody. For you, as an example, it didn't make the wine better for you. No. It didn't. For me, I, I kind of... It's an experiment for me. It's fun for me because it it brought out again. It changed that wine, and for me, it's like an experiment. My mind's always going, um, "Where, wow, how did this wine become this?" Because of just passing bolognese sauce. It's not a complicated meal. No, how did it change? To me, was simpler. Yeah, because of some ground beef and tomato. Yeah, with some spices and and yeah. so you know some vegetables and the sauce like what, what, but it did. Yeah, it stripped down this wine like completely stripped it down, and I that part of it I appreciate. Again, would it have been my first choice for a pairing if we were out for dinner? No, right, no. All right, so on to the steak and uh, a little bit of inside baseball. We pre tasted yeah um now for me this steak and this wine is so good yeah oh yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) and and and, and it boggles my mind a little bit that that tomato and beef didn't work but beef and i don't know beef salt (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. beef and salt and and you know i dare say um had the uh had the steak been cooked uh open flame would have made it, would have brought it to the next oh, really? level. Absolutely. The char, mm-hmm. that, that smokiness mm-hmm. would have, but, but, but having said that, okay, again, we're in a condo. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love the fact. As and, is most of the world. <laughs> I just love the fact that the wine stood up beautifully. Mm-hmm. It really did. It didn't lose to me. It didn't lose any of its jamminess at all brought out a little bit more sour notes, like maybe lightly underripe raspberry light. Um, I didn't. I, I lost the vegetal. I, I still get the celery. Really? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I. I didn't. I don't know. The. Um, but it, it is amazing yet again. It is the exact same wine that we tasted a little bit earlier, yep. but has a completely different taste. There's there is something about salt and certain types of red wine where you realize hundreds of years of people sitting around eating salty meats because that was the preservative. There was a reason for it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they have developed wines that taste good with salt. Now here's I'm gonna give you a little Jedi mind trick. <laughs> okay. If you're finding that the wine isn't tasting good with something a little more bitter, like you're, you're past in your bolognese. Yeah. Have a big glass of water or a good sip of water before you have your wine. Yes. Cleanse your palate. And then the wine has more, for in your case, a fighting chance. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. All right. Now two cheeses as well. Yep. yep. So the, the Parmesan, what does that do? Uh, Parmesan 
uh, definitely brought out the acidity in the wine. Um, the more I try Parmesan with wines, uh, the more I'm thinking, yeah, there's a reason why Chianti's and Barolo's and stuff, which are totally acid-driven, um, are made for this type of cheese. Yeah, the Parmesan kills the wine. Yeah. It, I, it, I might as well be drinking water, really. Yeah. Which is f- bizarre in yeah. my mind that that a salty cheese can take a beautiful wine, which, yeah. as we discussed earlier, has this wonderful warming yep. and lovely effect. Yep. And you have a bite of cheese. And, and I always figure, like, I, I talk to a lot of people who I will say, well, do you like wine? And they'll say no. And then you actually get into the conversation on why. It's like, well, because you just had a bite of something and then had this this beautiful glass of wine mm-hmm. and it's not your fault that the pairing overwhelmed the wine. No, no. And again, going back to what we were talking about, everybody's perceptions and palates are different. So where I think you and I sort of have a more elevated palate in the sense where I can eat a, a salty Parmesan. I can We're only it. elevated because we've done this. Yeah, <laughs> we've trained <laughs> there's, very, very There's hard. nothing special about our palate. My tummy least, can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only thing my palate has is I have sat here and drank a lot of <laughs> bottles of wine. But some people, if they had never tried Parmigiano-Reggiano, you could drink a Coke Classic and it'll make it taste terrible because it's so overwhelming as a cheese. But our palates are kind of more attuned to we know what that's going to taste like so we can okay now that's what the parmesan tastes like what happened to my wine that i tasted without the parmesan right no well and i've said this many times like uh a a lot of the along the way of actually talking about wines is is the guts to say what you don't like oh yeah oh because absolutely. somebody will triumphantly uncork some super expensive bottle of something yeah. or other and you'll take a sip of it and you won't like it i've i've gotten screwed many times taking things out of my cellar i thought were gonna be and i pumped that wine up to the table like you wouldn't believe and i could just look around and Everybody was disappointed. Yeah. This is not good. No. And you could just tell. And it's going to happen. So, and also with this, the uh, the old cheddar, which we tasted oh, earlier. I loved it. I loved it with the... Mm, you didn't like it? No. I, I loved it. I, no, to me still, of of the four food items we have had... Steak? The steak was yeah. so good. <laughs> I, you know, for I'll, I'll just... What, what the Parmesan does for me... Parmesan for me is a very mouth-coating, milky-style cheese. That's the way I ingest it. So with that, with the wine for me, just makes the wine smoother. It doesn't make it fruitier. It it just makes it way more velvety. So for me, that pairing, I like the the mouth sensation. Yes. I like the feel of it there. (laughs) Which is a weird feel because it's... it's in many ways, you have to experience the sort of the mouth coating feel. And if you have never experienced that, you have no idea what we're talking about. No, no. And that's, and again, you are never going to become a wine connoisseur or aficionado or even a beginner unless you're willing to sit and try different things, not where you're safe, but different things with different foods and. You might not like it. 
You right. might hate it. You, you might never want to do it ever again. Yeah. But you'll remember it, and that's right. how you learn. Now, yeah. this is the same grape, yep. but in two completely different parts of the world. Yep. Uh, and you promised us, uh, I don't know, four hours ago. So, <laughs> so why does the same grape taste so different? So let's go to history. Cabernet Sauvignon, um, they said was cultivated all the way back to Roman times. So it's not surprising that um, one of its main claims to fame is in France, mm-hmm. especially in the, the more southern parts of France and, of course, the famous Bordeaux region. Which now when you look at, a, at the globe is not far from Rome, but no. then was a long, was a long way apart. But arguably Bordeaux is the sort of Mecca or was the Mecca for Cabernet Sauvignon. I'm going to get a lot of people pissed off and say that I think California cabs are way better. Uh, I, I just, I love Bordeaux. I would constantly drink Bordeaux, but yeah. if I had a choice, so California cabs, Bordeaux is new world and old world. And I think to me, if you've got the budget for it, they're not cheap. It's the same grape. Completely different though. So why? So the reason why is Cabernet Sauvignon, the grape, unlike a lot of grapes, has an enormous amount of advantages. It's kind of like the Superman of red grapes. Why? Superman's got multiple powers. So does Cabernet Sauvignon. Number one, one of the thickest skin grapes that is out there. So it resists rot, frost damage. Uh, It resists wind conditions. It can resist pests, all kinds of things on its own. It's, It's a hardy, hardy grape. Number two, it's one of the most late ripening grapes. So when the weather is crappy, when everybody else first starts budding, Cab is still having a nice little sleep in the vineyard till it's ready. (laughs) Then Cab is one of the most latest ripening grapes. So when they're taking Merlot, Pinot Noir, everything else into the, the winery, Cab's still out on the vine Soaking in the rays just like a tourist in the Mayan. <laughs> just having a good old time. Yeah. Cab can be grown and should be grown and loves to be grown on impoverished soils that most fruits, vegetables don't like to be grown on. Impoverished. So gravel. Mm. Anything that's like really gravelly, poor, malnourished soils. Souls? What? Soils? (laughs) So they can get really deep in there and pull out all the minerality qualities, the terroir qualities that it can produce. It is a not only cool climate varietal, and we're going to get back to what you said about your your descriptor. We're running out of internet, so we got to get back there. cool, uh, Cool climate, moderate climate, and hot climate grape. So in cool climate... Characteristics, vegetal, yes, eucalyptus, minty, herbaceous, moderate climate. You start getting more bell pepper, blueberry, cedary notes, warm climate, yep. jammy, fruity, high in alcohol. 
cab can do everything from A to Z. So if we try to a Cabernet Sauvignon from the Becca Valley in Lebanon all the way to the Okanagan Valley in British Columbia, Canada, it's going to taste different every time. And that's because of soil? Soil, climate, vinification, how it's aged, how it's, it, it's produced, everything. And Cab will always come out on top. So I could, so I know a fair amount of people who will say what they love is a Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah. And, it, and are you saying you're wrong because the grape is just so different in different parts of the world in growing I'm conditions? I'm saying you're right. Ah, okay. But it's because you might like, you might like a Cabernet Sauvignon from Argentina. Yeah. Argentina, sorry. I might like a... Cabernet Sauvignon from Napa Valley. Once you find the cab that you like from the area you like, you're hooked. Right. It's like finding that perfume that's always been there and that the cologne that you'll never get away from. That's what Cabernet Sauvignon is. So what you're saying is go out and buy every single Cabernet Sauvignon and find the one you love. Pick a region. Start with that. Yeah. Pick a price point. Start with that. And you will find a cab eventually somewhere in the world that you're going to love. I'm David Schoenberg. This is Paul's Picks with Paul Carrier.